Hi folks, FPL General here recording another episode of my 59th minute FPL podcast recording on Tuesday August 13th so going to look back on game week 1 and look ahead to game week 2 so I'm going to record these every Tuesday from now on so you can expect to have a new episode every Tuesday by 5pm UK time uh, apart from international breaks. During the breaks, I'll probably just do one in the second week of the international break. So, unfortunately, it won't be long until the first one is upon us. Going to follow the a similar, similar structure to it as I did last season. So, going to start with the 59th minute shoutouts. Do a quick review of the game week. Then talk about a couple of players I've added to my watch list. Talk about captaincy for the upcoming game week and then answer maybe four or five Twitter questions and just wrap up with a, with a couple of housekeeping points then at the end. So all in all, I try to keep these podcasts short and snappy, you know, 30 to 40 minutes max, nice and easy for you to consume uh, before the deadline. So just going to get stuck into it right away. Um, for new listeners... I, I, the, the name of the podcast, the 59th minute, it comes from that dreaded moment when your player gets taken off just before the 60 minute mark in FPL and gets just one point. So each week I have a look to see if any players need to get a shout out for that reason. So looking at game week one, everybody is safe. Everybody avoided the dreaded 59th minute substitution. Just a couple of notable mentions this week. Trezeguet for Aston Villa played 58 minutes. Uh, Ross Barkley played just 57. So frustrating for anyone who went for Barkley. Didn't even make it to 60. And Delafeu as well. Very disappointing for anyone who went for Delafeu. Was hooked at half time. So just a couple of notable mentions there. Hopefully next week there will be a few... A few mentions. It'll be interesting to see who gets the first 59th minute shout out of the of the season. So keep keep an eye on it as well. Any I always enjoy when when especially if I'm not watching a game. Sometimes I just switch on my phone and I get loads of loads of mentions on on Twitter. People are sending me uh, screenshots of a player getting taken off uh, between the 59th and the 60th minute. So keep an eye out and always let me know just in case I miss them. Moving in now to a review of game week one. I'll keep this pretty short most weeks. A very good start to the season. For me, 82 points. Pretty happy with that. I kind of forgotten what a good game week felt like given how last season went for me. So, good good performances defensively. Nick Pope, great to have him back. You know, I had him I had him a couple of seasons ago when, when Heaton was injured and he was, a, he was an absolute legend. So, it, it feels good to have him back between the sticks now and Hopefully he started as he means to go on FPL wise with I think it was eight points he got in the end. I think he sneaked a bonus point. Uh, who else did I have in defence? I had Lucas Dean uh, and Trent brought home the points as well, and Zinchenko. So Zinchenko, you know, I had been talking all summer on on podcasts and stuff like that that I didn't really want to go for Zinchenko uh, because I do feel he's a, he's a transfer waiting to happen, but. You know, on that Friday of the deadline, you know, I was playing around for a couple of hours trying to, trying as much as possible not to get Sinchenko basically. And, and everything I tried, I didn't really like. You know, I ended up with a 4 4 2 formation, but, I, you know, I looked at, I even looked at moving back to a 3 4 3. Um, Dini made an appearance at one point in my draft instead of Sinchenko. So I was kind of happy enough in the end, though, that I did, you know, reluctantly went for Sinchenko. And I've got a question on him him later on, so I'll come back to him. In midfield, Salah captain did the business. Sterling as well. 
Obviously, in hindsight, should have captained Sterling, but if I did it all again, I would I would have captained Salah all day long at home to Norwich. Disappointing returns from Ryan Fraser and Iose Perez, but I didn't buy them for just one game week, so happy to hold on to those two. Hopefully they can do better in game week two. Up front, Wilson got an assist. He really should have scored uh, from that assist. He, the keeper made a good save. Uh, and he got the assist then from, from the rebound. So happy enough I went with Wilson over King. Because King was in a lot of my drafts. But all summer I just felt like I was getting King. Just because I couldn't afford Wilson. So in the end I just went out and got the player that I wanted. Rather than settling for the for the cheaper alternative. So hopefully Wilson proves his value over the next couple of weeks. Over King. And beside him up front I had Jota. Disappointing performance. Taken off early. As was uh, Perez. Jota had a couple of good opportunities and he fluffed them. But to me, watching it, you know, I'd rather him getting those chances and missing them than to me not getting them at all. So I think I'm, I'm taking that as a positive sign that Jota was getting into good positions. And I think the points will come there uh, from him. So looking at it, looking ahead to game week two, I think most likely I'm just going to roll with the same 11, stick with Salah as captain as well and just bank a transfer. I'm going to try and do that as often as possible this season. I think my first instinct after every game week is going to be, can I bank a transfer here? Uh, and if I can, I'm just going to do it. Because it just gives you so much more flexibility uh, next week then. So the plan is two free transfers next week with another week of information, another week of data. And then we can start making some big decisions about which players we need to bring in. So that is my plan. Bank the transfer and just roll with the same guys again. Going to talk a little bit now about my watch list. So I've always kept a watch list on the FPL website and I update it after each game week. So what I'll do on the podcast every week is just talk about a few guys that I've added to the watch list. And and I'll also talk about uh, a few players that I've removed as well. Obviously starting next week for that. Um, So I've I've built my initial watch list for the season following game week one. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's probably about 35 to 40 players there. So I'm just going to pick out a few from each position that are on my watch list. And these are players I'm interested in uh, bringing in in the near future, possibly. So defenders, first of all, uh, Montoya at Brighton, 4.5 million. He caught my eye watching the highlights. Playing with with Brighton, playing with three centre-backs now. It gives the wing-backs a bit more freedom to get forward. So Montoya was the one that caught my eye. I think it was Solly March was playing as the left wing back and we, you know we're not interested in him because he's classified as a midfielder in FPL so I'm going to keep a close eye on Montoya next couple of weeks you know I'm not going to be in a rush to get him but I think he could be a very good option this season at 4.5 million uh, in defense another 4.5 million defender is at Leicester so having sold Harry Maguire this guy Soyonku I've probably butchered his name there, but Soyonku, the centre back uh, at Leicester, obviously got a clean sheet straight out, straight out of the, straight off the bat. It looks like he's going to be the number one uh, centre back there. So alongside Johnny Evans, I think played there alongside him at the weekend. So again, another one just to keep an eye on. If he gets maybe three, four, five starts, I think we'll see a lot of people flocking to him. You know, four point five million is a good price uh, for a for a good defensive team. Two other defenders I've added to the watch list. Two obvious ones here. Uh, Juan Bissaka and Harry Maguire. United got a clean sheet against Chelsea. Uh, and Juan Bissaka does what Juan Bissaka 
always does if a team keeps a clean sheet. Wan Bissaka gets bonus points. So very, very much on the watch list. I'm not in a rush with United overall, which I'll talk about a little bit later as well, because I've got a couple of questions about Martial and Rashford and stuff like that. But I just want to. I think the Wolves game will be a bigger test for us than the Chelsea game was. So let's see how United do against Wolves, both in defence and in attack, and then we'll be better informed to make a judgment on on both both uh, both aspects of the pitch. There, you know, United were pretty fortunate not to concede against Chelsea. They hit the woodwork twice, couple of couple of dodgy moments as well. So let's see let's see if they can keep Wolves out, and then you know we're going to see a lot of people invest in the likes of. Of Maguire and Wambasaka. Moving on to midfielders now on the watch list, a couple of obvious ones. Kevin De Bruyne, you know, big question for me was do I start the season with him or not? I decided not to in the end. And I was kinda I felt pretty fortunate that he only got I think he got six six or seven points in game week one. You know, City scored five goals. You know, you'd expect De Bruyne to do a lot more damage than just six points. So feel like I got away with one a little bit there. And you know, if he plays like he if he continues to play like he did in game week one, I'm probably gonna to have to think about getting him in alongside Sterling at some point. Another obvious one, Martial got his goal, you know, playing number nine, playing right up front. You know, Rashford seems to be Rashford spent more time out wide than Martial did. So all the signs are good for Martial as an out of out of position FPL asset at seven point five million. He's a, he's a he's a whole million cheaper than Rashford so that that one million can go a long way as well so I'm very much interested in Martial you know I put up I put up a tweet a couple of days before the season started just I put up a gif of Martial and and I said you know if I if I said I wasn't tempted I'd be lying so I did consider him instead of Fraser I also considered Lucas Moura as well instead of Fraser but in the end I just settled for for wee man with his opening two fixtures obviously he hasn't done hasn't done anything first game week and if he blanks, I think if Fraser blanks in game week two against Villa, we're going to see a lot of people going Fraser to Martial if Martial does well again against Wolves. And, and I may be one of those people. Um, so Kevin De Bruyne, Martial, Sigurdsson as well, another player who was in a lot of my drafts but didn't make the cut. He passed the eye test for me watching the highlights at the weekend. Couple of very good chances that he you expect Sigurdsson to do better with that that he that he put wide or, or he just hit them straight at the keeper. So to me that that's a good sign. FPL wise, Sigurdsson was getting into the box and he had he had plenty of chances. So I like him as well. Uh, John McGinn, Aston Villa scored against Spurs. He's only five point five million. Had a very good season in the Championship last year. Again, I just want to give him a bit more time. Uh, is he can he do it consistently? But I think you know he, he's got he's got the makings of a very good uh, budget FPL option this season. The only thing I don't like about him is how much he likes a tackle. You know he loves to jump into a tackle. He's an all action player, gets gets stuck in. So I think he will get a lot of bookings this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see a red card or two as well. Hopefully not. But um, Again, you know, if he's going to get the attacking returns, you're probably going to not not worry too much about the yellow cards. And, you know, that might not necessarily be the case. He may, he may, he may avoid them. So definitely one to keep an eye on, John McGinn. And the last midfielder I'll mention here is a Burnley midfielder. He's uh, Goodmanson, six million. Took his goal very well. Very nice finish at the weekend. The issue with him has always been fitness over the last couple of years. If he can, you know, put 
six, seven, eight games together, avoiding injury, then maybe I'll start looking looking at Goodmanson at six million. You know, he's he's got set pieces as well. He takes a mean free kick. So there's always there's always assist potential there as well as as the goal potential. So I do like Goodmanson at Burnley. Moving on to the forwards now, another Burnley player, Ashley Barnes, on the watch list for obvious reasons. Got his brace in game week one, had a very good season last season. Uh, another 6.5 million striker who caught my eye was Timu Puki at Norwich. Uh, he, 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 he he impressed me big time against Liverpool, great movement, had quite a few chances, you know, got his goal but could have easily had, had a brace, had he, you know, a bit more composure. Um, I think he scored 29 goals last season in the championship without being on penalty. So, you know, he's a, he's a proven goal scorer. And Norwich Norwich created quite a lot against Liverpool. You know, they, they caused Liverpool a lot of problems. So I do think Norwich will score their fair share of goals this season. And, you know, Pukki's going to be heavily involved in those. So I do like him. Uh, I think I've got a question later about him. Uh, I think I've got a question later about going Josh King to Pukki. So I'll come back to him in a little while. Couple of couple of obvious ones as well on the watch. There's Harry Kane, Aubameyang, both look very very sharp. Game week one, uh, Rashford as well, uh, and one other one maybe maybe not as obvious. The guy who came off the bench for Brighton, uh, Neil Mopai, who they signed from Brentford. He looked he looks the real deal, even though he only played about twenty minutes. I fully expect him to come in and, and make you know make the starting spot his own over the next couple of weeks. Took his goal very well. Um, so he's he's one to keep an eye on as well over the next couple of weeks. As I say, that's not everyone on my watch list. I've probably got about 30, 35 to forty players. I do try to keep it down to around thirty during the season, but obviously after game week one, there's a lot more. There's a lot more players you want to keep an eye on in the opening couple of weeks. Moving on to captaincy now for game week two. So I put a tweet out this morning. Uh, asking people, you know, first of all, forget about who you own. Who is the best captaincy option for for Game Week Two? Because usually, when, if you just put up a tweet and say who who you know who you captaining or, or who's the best captain, they'll just pick the player that they're going to captain themselves. So I always find it's a bit you get a, a truer reflection if you, if you just say you know forget about which players you have. Who is the best option if you could choose from anyone? So the poll I put up three options. Well, I put up four. I put up Salah, Sterling, Aubameyang. Because I feel those are the three best myself this week. And then I just put other as well uh, for people to comment with a few other options. So there was about 6,000 votes on that when I had a look just before I started recording. Salah, uh, by far and away, the leader of the poll with 62%. Uh, Aubameyang actually came second with 19%. And Sterling was third with 17%. And then other had just 3%. So... Salah seems to be the favourite on Twitter, at least. Uh, Salah's away to Southampton, while Aubameyang has Burnley at home and Sterling has Spurs at home. So, you know, three viable options, especially after what Sterling did in game week one. For me, as I mentioned, I'm just going to stick with Salah, I think, away to Southampton. Southampton were very poor game week one. Uh, so I fully expect Salah to do well in that fixture, even though it is an away fixture. That doesn't bother me too much. Um, Sterling against Spurs. It's just you never really know how those big games are going to go. It could be could be very exciting. Could be four three, or it could be a stalemate, nil nil. You know, a very tactical affair. So I think if I had to call, I think there'll be more goals in the in the Liverpool game. So that's why I'm siding with Salah. 
Aubameyang, if I owned him, I definitely would be considering him. But I think in the end, I think if I owned Salah and Aubameyang, I'd still be on on the Egyptian. I just I just always feel Burnley are a team capable of shutting shutting teams out, no matter who they're playing. You know, we've seen it in game week one, clean sheet. So that will give them a lot of confidence as well going into the Arsenal game. So for me, it's Salah, but all three are very viable options this week. Obviously, uh, Salah could be playing on Wednesday night as well. I think it's I think Liverpool play Chelsea in that some kind of Mickey Mouse Cup anyway. I presume it's the the Super Cup. At least that's what it used to be called. The Champions League winners play the Europa League winners. So I presume it's Liverpool against Chelsea on Wednesday night. So. You know, I would expect Klopp to rest most of the big names in that game, but we don't know. You know, Salah, these guys could start, maybe play 60, 70 minutes. So we do need to keep an eye on that, uh, see how much game time they get the weekend. But even if Salah got 90 minutes in that, it it wouldn't put me off uh, capping him on on, on Sunday. So that is not a worry for me. Moving away from captaincy now, uh, I'm going to answer five questions uh, from Twitter. So thanks to everyone who sent them in. As always, I can't get through them all. I got there's probably about fifty or sixty questions there f- since Sunday. So I've picked out five of the best to cover some of the main talking points ahead of game week two. The first one is from Kevin Ryan. Uh, Kevin asks any reasons not to get. A 7.5 million out of position Anthony Martial. So are there any reasons not to get him? The only reason I would say is when I think about Martial, so obviously I could, if I wanted to, I could go straight from Fraser to Martial this week. Maybe people who have Lucas Mora could do Lucas Mora to Martial. There's a lot of there's a lot of options to get him in. But I I always do feel it's very dangerous to get a player off the back of just one game. So I'm I'm quite happy to give Martial one more game, watch him closely against Wolves. If he looks the real deal again, you know I, I'm pretty sure I'll be going to get him then for game week three. But I think the fact that Wolves away is not an easy fixture as well, so it probably makes it easier to to wait on Martial. You know all the Man United assets really uh, defenders there as well. I do think Wolves will be a tougher test than Chelsea. So let's see how Martial performs in that one. And then, obviously, if he gets on the score sheet again, if he looks great, you know, a lot of people are going to be getting him in then, probably myself included. So that's the only reasons not to get him this week are I value having two free transfers next week plus another week of information. I value that more so than getting Martial for Fraser this week because at the end of the day, Fraser has a very good fixture as well. Fraser plays Villa, who conceded 31 shots against Spurs. So the likes of Fraser, King and Wilson, very disappointing in game week one, could easily all get 10 plus points in game week two. So patience for me is the name of the game here. But by all means, if you really want Martial, don't let me stop you going to get him this week. Next question is from Shav Labat. Uh, Shav asks, "Who are who is the best striker at six point five million or less?" So this was a big talking point going into the season, and I still don't really think we know who is the, the best option. The easy answer after game week one would be Ashley Barnes after he scored a brace, but he does have tricky enough fixtures coming up. Um, I would probably throw uh, Puki in there now as well, given what I've seen of him against Liverpool. And but again, I think Norwich's fixtures are not great. My 6.5 million striker is Jota. 
Uh, again, disappointing game week one, but I still think Jota will be one of the best 6.5 million strikers. So Jota still gets my vote, even though he was disappointing in game week one. But there's still loads of options, and I think there's a lot of options at 6 million that will emerge as well. But I think at this point, we just don't know. Uh, I know a lot of people are talking about maybe moving Josh King on already after one game week, but I mean, I would just give him one more week. Give him the Villa game. If he blanks there, then, you know, by all means, get rid of him. But, you know, you didn't get him just for one game week, so give him give him the two weeks at least. Uh, next question is from Matthew, uh, Matthew Kerlity. Uh, Matthew asks, very good question, will Zinchenko get bumped for Mendy? So, obviously, this was something I was weighing up when I decided to go for Zinchenko. It was the main reason I didn't really want to get him, was the threat of Mendy coming back and taking his place. But, you know, watching the Man City game at the weekend, I feel a lot better about the Zinchenko pick now. Uh, I thought Zinchenko had a very, very good game. I think he was very sound defensively. Um, Compared to the Community Shield, you know, I think he was pretty shaky in the Community Shield. But he was a lot better against West Ham, I thought. Um... So I think I think the place is his for the next couple of games at least. And who knows, you know, if he keeps performing well, you know, we already know that Pep likes Sinchenko. If he keeps performing, you know, you know, he doesn't have to pre- perform spectacularly, but if he keeps, you know, defending well, um and you know, not making any obvious errors, you know, he could make the places the place his own for the foreseeable future. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Maybe Pep has lost patience with Mendy. Uh, with his off the field antics and his you know injuries all the time as well, so I think if you've got Zinchenko, you just keep him. You just keep him until he gets dropped. That's what I'll be doing. I won't be selling him. You know, the minute Mendy starts a game ahead of him, that's the sign. Right now, it's time for Zinchenko to go. But for me, I'm not going to worry about it until we have to worry about it. Just keep him, and as long as he's starting games, just hold on to him. He'll get clean sheets. Hopefully, he'll get a few attacking returns as well. So he's a, he's a hold for me until. An issue arises with Mendy. Uh, next question came in from FPL Punisher uh, about Delafeu. Uh, he he just asks, you know, should we hold Delafeu or should we sell him if we own him? Uh, FPL Punisher is thinking about going Delafeu to Puki this week. So very disappointing for Delafeu owners. Game week one, you know. Grazia came out in the press conference and said he's 100% ready, no issues, but clearly he wasn't 100% when he was taken off at halftime because if you're chasing a game, you know, Delafeu is not the player you take off at halftime. So obviously he's not 100% fit. Will he be for game week two? We don't know. Um, I think it's a really tough one for Delafeu owners. It's probably similar for Barkley owners as well this week. It's, you know, what do you do now? Do you bite the bullet and just get rid uh, or do you hold off? You know, it, it depends. You know, do you value two free transfers next week more so than having someone like Pookie over Delafeu for game week two? I think Watford are away to Everton. You know, I could be wrong on that. I don't have the fixtures in front of me, but I think they're away to Everton, which is not a great fixture. Everton have been keeping a lot of clean sheets. You know, if you look go back to the end of last season, kept one in game week one as well. So. I'm trying to imagine if I was in the situation as a Delafeu owner, I think I would probably be inclined to get rid, I think, after what happened in game week one and, and get someone like Pookie and just be done with them. But it really depends on, on how you feel. If you think, you know, Watford were very poor game week one. So on the flip side, you know, reading the reports, 
the reports that I read, you know, Gray didn't have a great game up front, so we could easily see Delafeu back up top at the weekend. You know, the, the reason he played, I think he played on the left at the weekend, probably because Pereira didn't start the game. So I would expect Pereira to start this weekend, which could see Delafeu back up top, which, you know, all of a sudden he could be a great option again. So I think it's a really tough one. Uh, if you own Delafeu. And it really just comes down to how you feel about that one yourself. Uh, last question I'll tackle for this week is from Peter Santa Maria. Uh, Peter asks, when in the week do I make my transfers? So do I move early to try and beat the price rises and stuff like that? Or do I wait for the press conferences? So I've always been a very patient FPL manager. It's served me well in the past um so it's easy for me just to stick to that strategy so i'm not a manager who goes after price changes or you know trying to avoid price drops i always just wait until friday after the press conferences you know thursday and friday we get the manager's press conferences i very rarely make a transfer before i've got all that information so usually i make my transfers on a friday evening or or a friday night it's very rare that we'll get news on a saturday morning uh, before the deadline that something is up um, and you know what one of the main reasons I, I make my transfer on a Friday night rather than a Saturday morning because I just always have that fear of sleeping in I, I like my sleep and I just always have that fear of waking up at 11.35 on a Saturday having not made my transfer so I do like to do it on a Friday night as I say it's very rare that anything goes wrong between Friday night and the deadline so for me I always value information get as much information as I can from Monday to Friday and then make the best informed decision I can on a Friday night. A couple of uh, housekeeping bullet points to mention just before I wrap up. Um, As most of you will know, I've set up a website. It's fplgeneral.com. There's some really good content on there from... So what I've done is I've got a season ticket holder from every Premier League club. So I've got 20 match reporters. Um, so each week on the website there will be a match report from each Premier League game that weekend. So 10 match reports every week. There's about 6 or 7 already up there on the website this week. So these reports are from people, you know, from season ticket holders who were actually at the game, sitting in the stadium watching the game. Um and, and they've put match reports together from, from an FPL perspective. So they're going to be really, really helpful, I think, for FPL managers. They're going to be free to access for everyone right throughout the season. So do go and check out those guys and, and be sure to give them a follow on Twitter as well. You know, great insight from people who follow their team week in, week out, being, you know, actually at the games. Um, on Twitter as well, if you want to find those match reports, just search for the hashtag FPL match report. So every time I post them on Twitter, I'll add the hashtag FPL match report. Just search that on Twitter and you should be able to find them all there as well. If you enjoyed the podcast and you would like to hear more from me, I've got a Patreon page, which so patreon.com forward slash FPL general. This week, there's a lot of content up there. So I watched five Premier League games at the weekend. You know, I watched 90 minutes of five games. And I put up, uh, I did two Patreon podcasts this week. So it's eye tests for those games. My thoughts on the games, having watched them. And also having looked at the stats afterwards as well. So for so for just $3 a month, you know, the price of a coffee, price of a beer, less than the price of a beer, you can get a lot more FPL content from me. And at the same time, 
you're supporting me in my in what I'm doing. I, you know, a lot, some people might not know, but I do FPL full time, work from home full time. You know, doing doing the FPL content uh, and Patreon is my main source of income. So any support there is very much appreciated, no matter how big or small it is. Um, I do feel the three dollar tier is very good value for what you get over you know over the course of a month. You know, you get eye test pods. Every week for the games I watch, you get a game week review, you get a press conference roundup emailed to you every Friday, so you don't need to worry about what's happening, you can just get it all in one place, and you get an extra podcast as well every week. Uh, I'm going to start, I used to do the podcast on a Thursday night, but I think I'm going to start doing them on a Friday after the press conferences, uh, because it makes more sense to do it that way. Uh, what else do I need to mention? I recorded a podcast today with Tongue and Loftus. It's called the Fantasy Weekly Podcast. We record that every week as well. So that's another little extra podcast you can get every Wednesday at 2 p.m. That is available. Um, I'll be putting an article together later this week as well for the Fantasy Bet blog. So be sure to check that one out. There's lots of great content on the blog there from very, very good FPL managers and some very good fantasy minds. So be sure to check out the blog there. Um I think that's everything. Uh, the only other mini league I wanted to mention is the the fundraiser league I'm doing for the camzone.net who are doing great work for, for men's mental health. So if you just Google FPL Cam mini league, so C-A-L-M, that should bring you to the Just Given page. You just make a small donation and you'll, get, you'll see the mini league code on the page there then as well. The winner of that league is going to receive a Premier League shirt of their choice. So check that one out if you've got a free league spot uh, and donations obviously are, are much appreciated there. We're, we're I think we've gone over the £3,000 mark now, which is absolutely amazing. I'm hoping by Game Week 38 to get that figure to to 5000 That would be That would mean a lot to me if, uh, if I can get that figure there. So all I'm left to say is enjoy the rest of your week. Um, stay patient with the transfers. If you don't need to make one, don't make one. Uh, and in, and good luck in, in game week two. I'll be back next Tuesday by so by five pm next Tuesday. You will have another episode of the fifty ninth minute FPL podcast. Cheers for listening, folks, and enjoy your week. <laughs>